Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ. Call Cheryl now with your questions about gardening or landscaping at 512 836 0590, pound 590 on your wireless, or toll free 1 877 590 KLBJ. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Couldn't miss the last day of the year being on the air with y'all. I had missed last week, but. I'm back. I'm Cheryl McLaughlin. This is the Austin Gardener. And we are just going to throw it open to whatever y'all want to talk about today. Our highs, our lows of the year. Um, what you had the best success with during the drought. I mean, I cannot say enough about how Esperanza came through that drought. Uh, also, the Pride of Barbados just kicked. But it was great. Um, so whatever y'all want to talk about, I realize today's probably going to be, uh, slow <clears throat> because everybody's doing stuff or out of town or what have you. A lot of people I know are going to New Orleans. Wow. Are they brave or what? Um, but here are the numbers. If you want to join the show, 512-836-0590. That is the call or text number. And we also have the, uh, uh, toll-free line, which is 877-590-5525. So again, 512-836-0590. Call or text that number. Man, do I have a, 10 feet of leaves in my yard. My, it, it's like my whole driveway is covered with red oak leaves. Every single thing, it's, tree is, is, if they hadn't already... But for some reason, the big red oak in the front, which is not well, uh, you know, it really suffered a lot in the, the big freeze and then the ice storm. But it's got some kind of disease. I forget what he called it. But uh, but it's still got a lot of leaves on it. It's still got a lot of live branches. But, man, did it decide to just jettison its leaves. <laughs> so I imagine you're all dealing with the same thing. I'm just going to have to blow them off the driveway into the into the woody areas of the yard um, but you know we don't really have a lot more going on right now I heard Jeff talking about uh, planting your um, you know the the uh, dormant wood things that come in in the winter and we've talked about this before this is when you're, you're gonna start seeing your your peaches your plums your pecan trees um, grape cuttings, um, any kind of fruit tree that can come in bare root and in a dormant phase is what you're going to be looking for. But you got to know what's going to work in your area. So this is when I always tell people whatever, because this show goes out to a lot of different counties with a lot of different, um, you know, soil conditions and chill hours and what have you. Go to your AgriLife website for your county. Just go Agri, A-G-R-I, Life, Travis County, Bell County, whatever county y'all are in, and look at the recommendations for the cultivars that are going to work the best in y'all's area because that, that makes all the difference, right, between success and uh, failure. I mean, when you get – you hear calls on this show all the time, well, my – I didn't get any peaches. I didn't get any of this. I didn't get any of that. Well, it's probably because you might have gone to a, a 
you know, big hardware store and got your plants because they look pretty and what have you, but they might not have been the right cultivars for our area. And I'm not saying they never have the right ones, but you got to go in there with a list of the stuff you want, the names of the of the uh, cultivars that you want, and especially really important for things that are dependent upon chilling hours like peaches because um, if they don't get the right uh, chilling hours, then they're not going to be happy, right? They're just not going to do well. So be sure and do that. Okay, here's a text. Hi, Cheryl. When can lettuce and other cold water vegetables be planted outdoors? Enjoy your show. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can you can plant uh, lettuce in cold weather by seed. Um there's a lot of things that you can put in in the middle of winter. Some things that might be a little bit late, but this is another thing that I would suggest that you uh, look at on the AgriLife website because they have planting schedules, like when you can plant what. Um, you know, when do they go in the ground, that sort of thing. And it's different from seed to starts, of course. You know, like I heard Jeff talking about it's too late to start onions by seed, which of course it is. And I try to kind of talk about what can be planted, um, you know, at, at different times of the year by seed. And it again depends a whole lot on where y'all are, right? And what you're talking about planting. But there's a lot of good cold weather things that can be planted right now. I can try to pull up the AgriLife website. I assume y'all are in Travis County. But that would be what I would suggest doing. Um, now I have uh, – I'm looking for it in my vegetable book. Uh, the Texas Organic Vegetable Gardening book that I refer to all the time also has a planting guide for when you plant in Texas, right? And it's according to the zone that you're in. And they call ours um, in this book Zone 3, or region three, and and it'll tell you when to plant, um, like direct seeding guide. And there's stuff that you can put in. I don't see anything for the end of January, actually, but I know that you can do spinach uh, sequentially. You know, like you can put them in, put some seeds in, and Jeff was saying the same thing, like you want to wait and put some, I think he was talking about carrots and stuff, you put some in, then you wait a little bit, then you put some more in because you don't need all of it coming up at one time. So, um, but yeah, you can do seeds of spinach. They like the cold weather. Uh, and we also get some warm days, y'all. I mean, it's going to be 71 degrees up here. Of course, it gets down to 39 at night. <clears throat> okay, 512-836-0590. Call or text. Here's a text that says, Turks cap really thrived during the drought, and my mammoth jalapenos never missed a beat. And, of course, the fire ants really displayed their talents. Ah, you know, I haven't had oh, – cross my fingers. I probably shouldn't even say this, but I have not had uh, fire ants at my place in quite a long time. And maybe they're out there and I just don't go out walking in the woods anymore because I'm not that stable. I'm not as stable as I used to be and it's very hilly and and steep and slanted where I live. So uh, they might be out there. But yeah, the Turks cap, 
Uh, mine are doing great. They even had a few blooms on them the other day. And oddly, I'm seeing all these little yellow butterflies. Are y'all seeing them? I was really surprised. Uh, I looked out there a couple days ago in the side yard, and it was a pretty day. It was a real pretty day. Might have even been Christmas um, Eve. Uh, it was so nice that day. We all sat out on the deck when I had people over. But I looked out there, and there's all these little yellow butterflies floating around. I'm not sure what they were. Uh, but, yeah, Turk's cap. So, also, the white misflower, it started blooming late. Uh, the monarchs, I think, had already gone by when it started blooming this year, and we talked about that, and other people had that same experience. Uh, still had blooms on it. I've seen them around town in the woods and stuff along the hi- highway. Just had still blooms on them the other day. And I think mine are pretty much done. There may be one or two blooms. Uh, let's see. Here's another text. Good morning. Is rock okay to mulch under my live oak? It's well established, about 30 feet tall. Thank you, Glenn from Round Rock. You know, I'm not a big fan of rock as a mulch um, because it's really hard if you need to do any maintenance. Uh, it also can generate a lot of heat. If, if it was my yard, I would not mulch with rock under a live oak. That's just me. I would use a shredded hardwood like that native Texas mulch. Uh, I think it's a lot better for the plant and only need a couple of inches of it. Don't let them tell you to put six inches under there. That's ridiculous. Um, but you want to be able to get good water down to your oak. Um, and the thing about rocks is, especially if you're using, you know, the those like everybody puts out in the yard, they they migrate, they get, you know, they're hard to deal with if you have to do some maintenance under the tree. Um, so for my money, I would not do it, but that's just me. All right, time for that first break. We'll be back right after this. Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM. Okay, we are back <clears throat> on this New Year's Eve. Funny story, tomorrow's my sister's birthday. And mother always told the story about how she and daddy were at a New Year's Eve party. And they had to leave and go to the hospital because she went into labor. Linda was the third child. She came real quick, real quick. But anyway, so she's she's one of those people that has a birthday on New Year's Day, we try to do something every New Year's Day, but she was, you know, like many people, felt shortchanged on the present department. Okay, here's a text. Is now a good time for cactus removal? Will they grow back? Uh, Hire a pro? Question mark. I have a 20 by 20 foot spot in my vacant lot crowded with cactus. I'd like to get rid of it so I can plant milkweed. Good idea, question mark. Yeah, but it it certainly will come back if you don't get it all out from the roots. And that probably is a job for a pro um, because it is a a thankless job. It's hard to dispose of, and I'm assuming you're talking about like, uh, you know, regular cactus that has ears and and that sort of thing. Um, 
you know, you can't hardly burn them uh, because they are so moist, right? So you have a kind of a hard time doing that. Um, but I would, if I were you, I would try to get some people to come and dig them up, roots and all, if you really want not to have them anymore. Uh, if you're talking about a different kind of cactus than the regular ear cactus, then be sure and, and text me again. But yeah, I'd much rather have milkweed. Cactus is pretty when it blooms, though. Uh, it is a beautiful, a beautiful bloom. So you may want to leave one or something. You know what I mean? But, yeah, I would hire a landscape company if it was me. Okay, let's see here. Somebody texted me a picture of the planting schedule. That's good. Yeah, that's what you'll see on the AgriLife website. I cannot enlarge it, but, you know, I could pull it, and you can pull it up, too, um, when, you, when you want to. Uh, hold on. I need to ask you. I got a caller on the line, but I don't have any information from them. So I'm going to wait just a second till he fills that in. Let's see what else we got here. Okay, let's go to Southwest Austin for our caller now. Hey, Martin, how you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Good. I live surrounded by about 15 or 20 acres of kind of green belt area. Uh, so I'm in the city, but I'm still surrounded by the country. And what I'm noticing living out here for the last 13 to 14 years, the things come in cycles, it seems like. You never know what to expect. Uh, one year it could be like that little yellow butterfly we were talking about. Uh, another year it can be scorpions and tarantulas. Another mm -hmm. year it can be blue bonnets that hadn't bloomed, you know, in my yard in five or six years. Uh, there are always surprises in nature, and we should look forward to those. We should embrace them, and we should be excited about those kinds of things because they are unexpected. I never know what nature is going to give me. Now, one year, it was about three or four years ago, it was mice and rats. I didn't like that one. <laughs> but, but, you know, there's always something new popping up. 100%. Um, I, I, I love it. it. You are so right. And it's just like every year is is different. And, you know, like for the blue bonnets, for instance, they can those seeds can lay dormant for many years. And then all of a sudden the conditions are right and kaboom, you get a bumper crop of them. Um, and, you know, that's, things like this ice storm that we had that took out my big red oak, which it still hurts to look out and not see it however it created a lot of sun where there hadn't been sun in 30 years and now i got all kind of interesting things coming up under there right and a big sky view i didn't have before either so you never know right but this was also the year of the scorpions daily falling into my shower from i guess the the can light in the shower every day there was a scorpion in my shower it was awful and and then there w it was also from the year of the bee making a hive inside my ha inside the siding you know between the houses so i had to have the bees taken away <laughs> and they were getting in the house and i was like where the heck are these bees coming from and then i finally 
saw the hives, the swarm, you know. So, yeah, you're right. There's a couple of surprises this year. <laughs> so we embrace those. Look forward to not knowing. When it comes to nature and your yard, look forward to not knowing what's coming next. Absolutely. Well, thank you for that lovely end-of-the-year little report. I appreciate it, Martin. And thanks for everything you do throughout the year for all of us out here. Oh, it's my pleasure, my pleasure. Well, y'all have a good one. You too. Okay, see ya. Bye-bye. Okay, 512-836-0590. Call or text. Now here's a text that says, I planted a few native trees this fall. They are short. When it gets colder, should I cover them? Nah, you don't need to cover them. Um, they probably getting pretty established by now. What I would do is make sure that they don't go bone dry. I mean, we're supposed to get some rain this week. I hope we do. Um, but the main thing is to mulch around them. You don't have to mulch up. A, a, don't do the thing where you mulch the stem, you know. Uh, but just if we don't get rain, then every 10 days or so, you might want to give them some water. But be sure you got a couple inches of shredded hardwood mulch around those little trees. And they should be fine. You know, barring snowpocalypse again or something like that, right? Um, that that probably would have been uh, a killer for little bitty old trees. I'm sure people did lose them. We all lost stuff, right? Okay, let's see. We got another one. Uh, looking forward to your program next year. Happy New Year, Papa Jobby. Thank you. What a pretty little picture you sent me to. Another good day. He's such a good, loyal listener. Most of y'all are. Uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, goodness. Let's see. Cheryl took this picture last weekend. The iris bloomed and has continued. Also, the oak leaf is a great red color this year. Thanks, Jeffrey in southwest Austin. Oh, yeah. I know. You know what? I saw other pictures, other people saying their iris bloomed. Uh, And it wasn't just here in Austin either. It was a lot of places. And, yeah, the color was great this year. Why irises decided to bloom in the middle of winter, I do not know. And it'll be interesting to me to see if they bloom again in the spring. I want to hear from y'all about that because, um, and I'm talking about flag iris. Now, these iris, uh, what kind are they? I can't really tell. I mean, there's a lot of different kind of uh, the irises out there. But, yeah, the red, the red color. That's the one thing I really missed about my tree falling down. Um, one third of it is still up. Uh, one of the trunks, one of the big trunks is up. And that's the one that the, I think probably the uh, raccoon was growling in the other night. Um, but the color was amazing this year. And I, I wouldn't have thought that. I would have thought it, you know, because... Things were so stressed from the drought. I was kind of surprised we got such pretty color. Uh, okay, here's another text. Uh, I planted blackberry shoots shoots last year. They are now 18 to 24 inches tall. Do I need to do anything to cut them back 
or just let them grow. You let them grow. Now, with blackberries, once they produce fruit, uh, those canes will not reproduce. So after you harvest, you can cut back those old canes and leave the new canes behind. And that's pretty much all you have to do. Blackberries, you know, we have native ones. We call them dewberries. Uh, so they're very well established here. They're they're just easy, easy to grow. Um, blackberries are. But that's the one thing you kind of have to do is get in there and cut off those old canes uh, because they will not produce again the next year. But otherwise, again, just like anything else, I like to mulch everything for winter uh, and not let it go bone dry. If we're going to have a real hard freeze with no accompanying rain or moisture, um, and we haven't had rain for a while, the soil's not moist, that's when you need to kind of water everything because it's an insulator, right? I mean, a, a moist soil is an insulated soil. And then with that, with your mulch on top of that, you'd be, you know, safe, pretty safe, safe as you can be. Okay. <laughs> Somebody sent me a cute uh, meme. It says, I'm staying up on New Year's Eve this year, not to see the New Year in, but to make sure this one leaves. Ah, 100%. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, you know, it... It had its ups and downs, all right. Like I said, you know, I had the, I had the scorpion bee issues, but uh, you know, now I miss those bees, and I'm, I'm sorry that he relocated them. He didn't kill them or anything. I, I specifically chose somebody that would rescue the bees and relocate them. But then after it was over, I got to thinking, well, you idiot, you just removed all your pollinators from your canyon. Right. Hopefully there's more out there. And I've seen one or two bees. It's funny because they keep coming back. Just the once in a once in a while bee comes back and buzzes around where that hive was uh, in the house. And, you know, those bees had tried to they had thought about making a hive in my house time, other times. Um, and they had swarmed around my house. In fact, I had called that same bee guy couple of years back because I saw these bees swarming around the house and I didn't know whether they made a hive or not and he came in and checked and that year they did not but this year they of course did <clears throat> and when he got to my house he came walking up and he goes I've been here before and I said yes you sure have and uh but now <laughs> I really need your help so but I do hope there's other bees in the canyon in the wild because I don't know what I would have done with them. I mean, I don't know how to take care of bees. I don't think it's that easy to where I, I could have had him make, make a box out in the side yard or something. But you gotta you got to tend to them, and I don't know how to do that. I'm not able to do that. So I don't know what I could have done because – but anyway, I do miss them, so – all right, well, we're coming up to the bottom of the hour. We're going to do the news here in a minute. But if you all want to join the show, you can call or text 512-836-0590. Or you can use that toll-free line at 877-590-5525. We'll be right back. 
Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM. Okay, we are back. And you are welcome to join the show, the last show of the year, obviously, for me anyway. 512-836-0590. Call or text that number. And then we have the toll-free line, which is 877-590-5525. Here's a text that says... I have a uh, one-gallon lantana in a flower bed that I planted this past summer, and it has gone nuts, and it's still blooming. When can I cut it back, and how do I do that? Um, I wouldn't cut it back until it's completely dormant uh, because sometimes you can just encourage new growth, and we don't want to do that right now just in case we might have a, a freeze coming, right, and it have new growth on it. Uh, and you don't even have to cut lantana back unless you just want to. Uh, it it likes being pruned uh, even during the growing season, but uh, not, not this time of year, I wouldn't think. But um, nothing looks deader than a lantana when it's dormant. I mean, and they don't come out that early. They wait and come out later in the spring. So uh, you can go out there and it's going to look like the bark is is broken and you know shedding and it'll just look deader than a doornail and come back every time so but if it got too big or something and you want to cut it back just wait we'll have a couple more freezes um it'll lose all its leaves it'll go dormant and then if you want to cut it back you can or you can wait until the very end of winter um, because as I said, they're not the first thing to come back. They wait for warmer soil and, and warmer temperatures. So um, you can wait and cut it back in March or something like that if you want to. Um, but yeah, it won't hurt it. But just I wouldn't do it right now, especially since it's still blooming. Shoot, mine are not. Uh, here's another text. Tell your sister to relax and enjoy her birthday. My cousin Vincent was born on February 29th, 1968. Oddly enough, he gets more gifts just out of sympathy. And believe me, he looks older than 14. (laughs) He's a leap year baby. (laughs) That's interesting, right? I always forget about that. Let's see. Uh, And here's another. Happy New Year. Same to you. Oh, my goodness. That is a picture of a pink. I think it's a Christmas cactus. It is stunning. Huge. Wow. That is gorgeous. Oh, man, y'all. I wish y'all could see that picture. That is so pretty. Thank you for sending me that. Uh, Here's another text. I have one more question regarding pear trees I planted last year. They were, uh, I, I think you mean to say, you said they were root trees, and maybe bare roots, what you mean, about four feet tall. After a couple of months, they started putting on leaves very nicely. But then, after a few months, they started getting black spots on the leaves. I tried spraying with various things and was unable to control the spots. Right now, most of the leaves have dropped. Will the cold 
from the winter take care of this problem or is this disease uh, just dormant oil and I will have to deal with this again? You will. This is a very good question. The um, leaf spot is probably a little fungal problem. Um, but when you get these, y'all, you need to remove the leaves and you don't even put them in the compost. You need to throw them out or burn them or something because um, the spores can come back and cause the problem again. So if you've had a fungal issue with a plant uh, and it drops its leaves, then go ahead and, and clean those leaves up best you can and get them away from there. Uh, yeah, dorminol spray will help, but if the conditions are right, when the leaves are on the tree, they can still get a little black spot fungus. It's usually not fatal or anything like that. You know, I mean, a lot of plants get them, um, get the little black spot kind of on a regular basis. Primarily red tip photinias. And since people like to cut them and uh, try to keep them as a hedge instead of the little tree they want to be, they spread the disease. This is typically your maintenance companies. They'll go in there when that uh, red tip has that uh, leaf spot, which it gets every single year without fail. It's one of the reasons I don't like them. But if you trim or prune them when they have the black spot, then you just spread it even more. Um, so there are things you can do to prevent these leaf problems. One of the things that works the best is to, as soon as they leaf out in the spring, start doing a preventive uh, spray with liquid seaweed every so often. Like you want to be sure and try to try to do that maybe three times at least before it gets too hot to spray stuff on the leaves. And spraying with seaweed, somehow it uh, toughens up the leaf membranes. It makes them a lot more resistant to these uh, things like powdery mildew and black spot fungus and stuff like that. And also, if you do get it, you can spray with uh, potassium bicarbonate, which is a cousin of baking soda. It just it doesn't have the sodium and the leaf uh, burn potential that baking soda does. But you can spray with that. You can also do milky milk and water mixed together. And it can be any kind of milk, um, cow's milk, as far as I know. Maybe goat's milk would work too. I don't know. But uh, it can be powdered, dry powdered milk. And that will... Uh, with repeated spraying thing, you have to spray a lot more with milk, but that can also arrest a leaf fungus. And when I was little, one of my grandmothers did indoor plants, and the other one did organic vegetable gardens. She didn't have a, she had one indoor plant. Um, it was a Norfolk pine, and she'd bring it in in the winter, but. That's the only plant I ever saw her have in the house. But my other one had every kind of plant known to mankind that was, uh, you know, house plant type thing. And pothos ivy out the wazoo. And one of my jobs was to take a little uh, rag with a little milk in it and wipe off the ivy leaves, clean them off. And that, I didn't realize at the time why. I thought maybe it just made them shiny or something, but... It was because she was she was doing a preventive treatment for leaf spot 
funguses on the ivy, which pothos isn't really prone to that, so I'm not really sure. Maybe it did something else besides keep them from getting that. Okay, here's another text. And by the way, let me give you the numbers again if y'all want to join in. We only have, you know, maybe 15 more minutes of talk time this year. 512-836-0590. Call or text. Or you can call the toll-free line if you need to, and that's 877-590-5525. I have a spot with a sage. Esperanza, bird of paradise, and several cacti. Of course, the grass grows really well in that spot, and it is hard to mow and weed, especially with the cacti. Any recommendations to keep the weeds and grass down in that area? Well, mulch is going to help with the weeds, but if it's like grass growing up in there, then that means you need a a better hard edge, uh, a a real functional edge between the grass and the flower bed. And that might be, it depends on what kind of grass you have. Uh, Bermuda be the most invasive, and that you need a really good, you know, I would say pour a, a footing and mortar stone on it kind of bed, you know, that goes down a ways. But, um, St. Augustine, you can keep that out pretty well with just a, a metal edging, but that would help. So edge it really well. Keep their, your, um, you know, your lawn grass out of there, and then mulch well again with a couple of inches of that native Texas mulch or some other kind of mulch like that that is um, a shredded hardwood. Um, and that'll help with your, keeping your weeds down, too. And if you do get weeds, you can try to pull them as soon as you can. Um, or you might want to spray a vinegar, you know, one of those strong vinegar sprays on there or something like that. That'll help. Um, but mulch does really well. And if you see weeds, don't let them go to seed, right? Because if you keep getting seeds deposited in this area from the weeds that were allowed to go to seed, you're going to keep keep on having a problem with them too. Um, and, of course, it depends whether the, it's a perennial weed or an annual weed. All right, let's get that last break over with, and we'll come back right after this. Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM. All right, we are back. Let's go to the phone lines for our next caller. Roger, it's your turn from Northeast Austin. Uh, Happy New Year, Cheryl. Same to y'all. Same to y'all. Let's go. Yeah, I'm about to cut my blackout piece. Anyways, um, I want to build a uh, or design a outdoor growing uh, place for my cactus, and I just want to. I want to keep most of the. I want to water myself. I don't. I don't want the rain to do it for me because it might drown them. Is there any kind of system uh, canopy type thing I can use, like on a picnic table? Uh, to to keep the rain off, or do I got to build it, or what uh, should I do about that? So I don't the, want a full greenhouse. Yeah, you don't want to put them in the ground, right? That's what no, you're no, saying. No, no, no. I grow everything in pots. Okay. Well, I would just make a simple uh, hoop house with a thick PVC plastic. That'd be the easiest thing you could do. 
Okay, I guess no, no. Yeah, I guess it yeah. would, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. And I don't, you know, I'm not standing there looking at your scenario, but you could also do, you know, put up some wood posts, and then you could put uh, a trellis type thing over it for kind of shade, and then put plastic when it's if it's real rainy. It could be a temporary solution for you because. I don't know if plastic uh, all year round would be the the right way to go, or but you probably just need it when it's getting too wet, right? That's what yeah, you're thinking. Yeah, I just want to keep the rain off of it. Like I said, I like water myself. Um, cactus don't need a whole lot of water, and you can drown them in those pots. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, so far, I haven't ever over over watered any of my plants. I'm doing pretty good on it. And since they're a little bit on the dormant side, I probably won't uh, water them until March anyway. Oh my! Wow. Well, that's that's. Uh, what I've learned on the internet, they said they, they go dormant. So don't, yeah, they don't. A couple of months. So yeah, yeah. I'm well, gonna the, give it a shot. See what that'd happens. be the cheapest thing to do. Is what I is what I'm thinking. Well, I think the hoop house ought to be the uh, the easiest way to go. Yeah, I agree. Well, good luck with that, Roger, and thank you for calling. Uh, thank you, Cheryl, for all your hard work. I love you, and uh, see you next year. All right, sir. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Bye bye. Um. Okay, I'm going to do some text now, but there's still room for y'all to call. Time for y'all to call in at 512-836-0590. Let's see here. We talked about uh, that bed with uh, cactus, and I said mulch and keep the weeds and grass down. And they said, thank you. Will the mulch hold too much much moisture for the cactus? Um, Not if you don't overwater it and not if your yard drains well. Right, your soil drains well. I don't know what kind of soil y'all have, but I've often spoken about um, over mulching small plants in the spring. When we get most of our rain, you know, like when it sometimes it rains a whole lot in May, um, in those in April, May and stuff. But in that case, if you have little bitty tiny plants that could be destroyed by too much water you have to rake your mulch back and this is why i frequently will tell people don't mulch until it gets really good and hot um so that you know you don't drown your stuff it doesn't stay too wet but that's a good question um and i don't know what you're doing as far as watering that bed but you can just use a light mulching i mean any kind of mulch helps with keeping the weeds down so Okay, here's another text that says, oh, my gosh, this stupid program. Now it keeps saying section expired again. Hang on. I got to reboot this stupid thing. It'll just take a second. I don't know what's going on with these things. Stupid computers. Okay, here we go. Um, It says here. Let me see. Let's scroll down. I was cleaning up the mess created by a large cypress tree, leaf fronds and droppings. It felt almost like a fur or a goose down, and I began to wonder if the material was possibly useful as a warm cover or stuffing that I could use to winterize a bed. Does that sound plausible? Can that material be used in such a fashion? You know, I am not able to imagine that it feels like a down. Um, But, you know, people used to stuff their beds with hay, so I don't guess that's, you know, I don't think it's a long-term solution, but 
shoot, you be the first to try it and um, let me know how it works out. It sure would be nice and fragrant, though. I love the smell of a cypress tree. But, yeah, why don't you try it out? I mean, you don't want to get the seeds in there. That wouldn't be too comfortable. But but the down, I don't get that um, that analogy uh, at all. Let's see here. But try it. Why not? Okay. Uh, more info on wisteria. Growing from seed, cloning, propagating, etc., uh, yeah, wisteria, if you're going to, let's say you're going to go to a nursery and you want a nice blooming wisteria, I always recommend buying them when they're in bloom because there are male and female wisterias. And if you accidentally get one that was cut uh, from a cutting from a male, you're never going to get a bloom. Um, so the same way if you're taking cuttings, you want to be sure that you're taking cuttings from a female and typically i would say after they bloom since they bloom early uh and the the uh, wood starts to you know it goes from being real tenderly green and soft and it starts getting back into the uh, the woody it'll have streaks of brown in it that's good cutting wood right there and then you can just uh, read up on how to do cutting propagation uh, because that would be the best way. Seeds, no idea. I have never grown one from a seed. I think that would then put you in the situation of whether you don't know whether you have a male or a female, and it could be years before that thing matures enough for, for you to know. So I would not recommend seed. Oh, I mean, you can do it for fun because I always enjoyed propagating things with seed. You get, um, you know all kinds of different uh, incarnations of a plant from seed. All right, let's see here. Uh, I have a dilemma, Cheryl. Have an influx of snails and pill bugs in my compost pile. Do I let them continue to do their thing or put some Slug-O Plus on them? I'd leave them alone. They're helping you. They're just helping you, right? Uh, they're de they decomposers. So, yeah, no, I wouldn't do a thing with them. If you're uh, trying to create a hot pile, that'll drive them out. But you're going to have to have, you know, that's the whole thing, um, creating enough heat, right? Uh, Happy New Year, Cheryl. Is now a good time to plant radishes? And I like them spicy. Which one would be the best? That's... A question I do not know the answer to. Let me see if I can look up when we plant uh, radishes real quick, if I can, uh, here in my book. Let's see. Let me get back to radish here. Just take me a second. Uh, radish. Let's see. Planting dates. Uh, for spring, plant seeds four to six weeks before the last average frost. So in general, January 20th to April 30th. And then for uh, fall, September 1st through November 15th. And he says only plant radishes, radishes by seeds. So um, they germinate quickly. 
blah, 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 varieties. It, he gives a bunch of varieties, but he doesn't say which ones are real spicy. Uh, so that I do not know. Maybe somebody will text in right quick uh, in the few minutes we have left. But it sounds like you'll be ready to, to uh, plant those in a, probably within three weeks or so. Uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, <laughs> I completely misunderstood this question. Remember I was talking about cypress tree? Fur goose down, begin to wonder if, if it was useful as a worm cover or stuffing that I could use to winterize a bed. Okay, well, if you hadn't said stuffing, I wouldn't have gone there. I thought you were trying to put, put this in a duvet or something. But they wrote flower beds, not stuffing a bed. <laughs> of course, you can put it on a flower bed. Yeah, that, just like mulch. It's just like a, uh, another kind of mulch. That is hilarious. Sometimes I am so dumb. Oh, let's see here. Uh, this is the lantana picture. I cannot enlarge this, uh, but it says this was when they were first planted in March. The next one was in August, and they're even bigger now. Um, you can't even see the mulch now. It says I'll try to I'll try to uh, download this, but it doesn't always work. Uh, okay. No, can't do it. This is such a weird program. I really like the old one. This, in the old program, I could um, enlarge pictures. I hope that they go back to that one of these days. But you can't even see the mulch now. Well, that's good, and that's a pretty bed. Okay, let's see here. I brought my succulents inside. They are dying. Uh... Okay, this is, I don't have time to really go into that, but there are succulents that are winter hardy and those that are not. And so if they went through that last little freeze we have and they weren't uh, winter hardy, then that's what happened. Uh, what exactly book are you looking at? I'm looking at Texas Organic Vegetable Gardening book by Howard um, Garrett and Malcolm Beck. But you can get the same information from the AgriLife website for your county. 